hard to hear the truth with so many people talking. Join your host as he engages in unfettered conversations with folks sharing their perspectives on how businesses, political policies, technology, and world events impact their families and communities. If you want to turn your thoughts into action, listen to the Brother of Light. There's wisdom in your left ear and power in your right. Thanks, folks, for joining us on this episode of Folks Unfettered. I am your host, Gene Folks. Today's episode is a conversation with co-CEO of Blacktop Streetball Association, Mark Bullock. He is on the line with us. He is out there drawing up engagements and affiliations with sponsorships for an upcoming event that they're having on August 20th. It's a really compelling story about a group of streetballers that you have heard of. Mark has been gracious enough to join us on this episode and bearing with me and my hoarse voice. I seem to do a lot of talking with a lot of people and just got kind of caught under the weather. So Mark, thanks for bearing with us. I'd like to big a shout out. Thanks to the audience for bearing with me. If my voice sounds a little coarse and hoarse, we are, after all, human behind this microphone. So Mark, how are you today? How's your Saturday going? How are things in uh, with you and the organization? I'm doing great. I am excited to be on this show. This is amazing, and we are excited on the blacktop side to really push forward and to do something special for the community, for basketball, and for this nation. So, you know, it is an honor to be on your show. I appreciate you for inviting me. Oh, no problem. I know that you and I had a conversation about your story and your journey and right. how you came to Blacktop Streetball Association. So tell us who you are, tell the audience who you are, how you came to this chapter in your story, and how you got affiliated with the founders of Blacktop Streetball Association and where they evolved from. Because it's it's a really interesting story, one that I, I wasn't aware of. So um, based on our conversation, based on an event you have coming up on August 20th, it was imperative that I get you on the next episode of, of, of our program. Well, it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really funny because, you know, life brings you into different arenas. And I always live by you only have one life, so you have to live it mm-hmm. the way you want to live it. And you mm-hmm. have to go after everything that your heart desires, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it's, as long as it's good. So, mm-hmm. you know, Educationally, you know, I started as a electronics engineer and, you know, I worked in Verizon. Uh, I was doing Fios before it even came out. It was grooming me to be their main engineer in the engineering department, but it just wasn't my heart. It wasn't my passion. It wasn't something that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to be a firefighter. My, my <laughs> uncle, uh, my uncle Jimmy was a firefighter in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And, you know, I looked up to him as a superhero, and he was. And so, you know, as I got older, I said, you know, I really want to be a firefighter. So I left that job, took a pay cut, became a professional firefighter for Linden, New Jersey. Wow. And <laughs> everybody said, 
absolutely crazy. You know, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I, that's just what I wanted to do. That was my passion. Mm-hmm. And so I worked as a professional firefighter for 12 years. I, I rolled the ambulance. I, I was in fires. I was in over 100 fires. And wow. I did all types of things that really was life-changing. It, it groomed me into being a man that I am today. Mm-hmm. Being able to serve the community and be a service to people that needed someone in their rough and their toughest times. Mm-hmm. And that changed me, being able to be there for people, right? You have to have a heart for the community, a heart for the people, and that really developed me as a person. And afterwards, at the, I guess around year 10, that engineering part of me started kicking in. <laughs> so I started <laughs> <laughs> developing different things, and I received my first utility patent, and I started, you know, creating and, and started dabbing back into the engineering with my engineering friends mm-hmm. from high school and college. And and then I said, you know what, I think it's time for me to transition into another phase of my life, moving into entrepreneurship. And I did. I retired after 12 years at the fire department, and they said I was crazy again. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been four years since my retirement, but as I was creating and building apps and uh, working on different inventions, I ran across one of my other childhood heroes, which was Wally Dixon, mm-hmm. main event from mm-hmm. Ann1. Mm-hmm. And Wally was the type to pull up with the tour bus at the basketball court in the hood. Wow. Get, get out with celebrities, superstars and would say, what are you doing? <laughs> and then <laughs> he would come and he would show us a move and then he would say, make sure you do good in school, make sure you practice this move. When I come back, you better have this move down pat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we treated it like, you know, like if, if my great-grandmother was telling me to, to, to do something. Right, <laughs> right. So practice the move. So he was an inspiration, a motivation, um, an example to us in our neighborhood so mm-hmm. later on when I met back up with him and I was doing a community event with him he mentioned to me that he had this vision this idea of bringing street basketball back to the masses and when I heard the idea I told him that I wanted to help him and he says well listen if you can help me get this thing off the ground then we can do this together and that's how Black Top Street Ball Association started that's how uh, I became acquainted with with Wally and, and some of the other members of of N One. Mm-hmm. And so your new organization, Blacktop Streetball Association, really is the former heart, soul, and visionaries behind N One. Would that be a fair Correct. characterization? Right. So the the history, right? The mm-hmm. the history hasn't really been told. Not yet. We're still working on that other part of the documentary. Mm-hmm. There's there's one documentary that was out. It was a 30 for 30 on ESPN. I suggest everybody take a look at it. It's called The Greatest Mixtape Ever. It came out in May. That documentary shows how hip-hop and street basketball are really married together, mm-hmm. right? And how hip-hop and street basketball was able to influence uh, 
NBA players and people across the world. Mm-hmm. Now, the next mixtape that's coming out is going to be, uh, I'm sorry, the next documentary that's coming out is going to be aired on Netflix August the 23rd. Okay. So please mark that down in your calendar, August 23rd on Netflix. The next documentary is coming out, and that one is talking more about exploitation and the history of N1 mm-hmm. and how the owners, um, what, basically what the owners did uh, in, in, um, in, in the whole entire situation with N1. But it's about exploitation. Right. And so, yeah. Right. So let me let me um let me dig into that for a little bit because sure. Based on and we're talking about the former leadership of of Am One, correct? Correct. Correct. And this is a deal, and 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 I'll say it, Mark, because we tend to shoot straight. <laughs> we kind of <laughs> folks to shoot straight here, and so because we do, uh, and bear with me, the. And correct me if I'm incorrect in some things, but the former leadership of An One partnered themselves with um, Wiley and some of the other street ballers in uh, hopes to bring about a vision that Wiley had for the community, for the urban community. And those owners begin to, if they begin to grow and market and send those players out to sell more more, more merchandise, right? They end up selling the company, walking away with a few hundred million dollars each. And the players got less than a hundred grand each. Does that sound about about right? That's one hundred percent true. And isn't so? Isn't yeah. that indicative? And I'm going to go here for a minute because it's, it seems to be indicative of a lot of co-opting of black culture, right? Right. As right. opposed to true cooperation, which whenever someone tells me to say, hey, "I want to partner with you," that becomes <laughs> that becomes a I look at you with the side eye. Not to be mm-hmm. cynical, but it's it's not a meritocracy, right? Right, right. I know I felt the same thing at Merrill Lynch, but and and I'll call I'll call them right out when it comes to that. That's I have no fear in, in saying or doing that because we tend to lose talent. Um, we tend to market our quote unquote. We want to help the community, and in my mind, the way to help the community is exactly what you guys at Blacktop. Streetball Association are doing, which is taking care of your organization, taking care of your partners, and taking care of your community. So, if you wanted to expound right. on that thought, please go into it. Please, please do. Right. So there was a disconnect. So the original owners of N One were four individuals from college who liked street basketball, wanted their T-shirts. They had trash talking T-shirts. Mm-hmm. They wanted these street basketball players to wear their T-shirts. Why? Mm-hmm. So that they can sell their T-shirts, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so they knew that they had the influence, and if they could just wear these T-shirts, they would be able to sell these T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And so they tried hard. They finally got through, and they did uh, the mixtape with Skip to My Lou. Mm-hmm. And then the second one they did, they went to Wally Dixon, who was considered a Michael Jordan, a stream ball. Right. They went to him, main event, and said, we want you to wear it for the next mixtape. Wally said, listen, I have a better idea. I'm mm-hmm. going to get five of the best players that are not in the NBA. We're going to travel the country, and anybody we play against, we're going to beat and destroy them. Mm-hmm. And they did it. And so the company went 
and it's in the documentary you see on Netflix. It went from zero dollars to over a hundred million dollars in less than eighteen months. That's incredible. That's just incredible. off of apparel. Mm -hmm. Just off of apparel. Mm -hmm. And so now these these gentlemen from different areas with this talent, this God given talent, was focused on the culture and was focused on uh, making sure that they take care of the community. So their focus was the culture, the community, the culture of street basketball, the mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. The the owners of N one focus. The owners of the N one focus was selling apparel. So that's the disconnect right there. Right, right, right. There you there you go. So now once the the players started to realize, wait a minute, this company is making millions of dollars off of us. We need to get a piece of this because mm -hmm. we built this company. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. in the middle of negotiations of that, they went and sold the company. Each owner walked away with close to $100 million each, mm -hmm. and they gave the players $50,000 paychecks. Right. Can you say that one more so, time for the for the, <laughs> for the, for the <laughs> people that may not have heard that? Because that's... This is a story. Wow. They, don't, they, don't, they do not know this story. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why they do not know the story. Let me say it again, and then I'm going to tell you why they don't know the story. Okay. And when I tell you why, you're going to really have respect for these players. Mm -hmm. During the midst of negotiations and why they were asking for peace of own and one, which they rightfully deserve, right. the owners, the original owners, not the current owners, but the original owners sold the company. They all walked away with close to $100 million each, mm -hmm. and they gave the players bonus checks of $50,000. Mm -hmm. There were people, right, that were in the organization that were not even players that walked away with millions of dollars. Yeah, wow. So the players, wow. the players received the players received the least amount of money. Mm -hmm. Now, think about this. When something like this happens, how do you feel, how do you think the players felt? They felt betrayed. They of felt course. used, right? Mm -hmm. Taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. But but listen to this. They could even, they can either walk away or they can finish the tour. Mm-hmm. They decided to finish the tour because they didn't want to disappoint their fans. Wow. And they didn't want the the sponsorships, the people who sponsored the situation, to lose out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because see, even though... Let me just say this. That right there yeah. is a testament to ethic and integrity. Right. And especially when you're talking about people of color, uh, black men in this case, exhibiting ethics, professional ethics, ethical behavior, of course, and integrity that is not often championed. It, it's almost, mm. Mm, some people would say that it, you know, they were foolish or they lighten up a, you know, tighten up their contract tight enough. And where I relate to your story, and, 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 and as you continue, is this happens in almost every sector of American business to right. people of color, no matter how tight your contract, no matter how much your contribution, as you're operating with morals and integrity, whether personally or professionally, the rules seem to somehow shift and change, right? And you don't, right. I always tell people, you can Google till the cows come home, certain information, but Google's not going to give you the complete story. And as we look at information on 
and one. Thank God for the Netflix documentary, Blacktop Streetball Association, and some of these owners in N1. There's no way you're going to find information out about their professional ethical behavior or their integrity. And this becomes, I just want to hear more about the story because it's just, to me, it just, it's just, it, uh, in some ways, Mark, it's almost like typical same old, you know, malarkey behavior, right? Um, to where it's just exhausting when you look at someone like, Wiley, who are the main players that wanted to really look out for if you name them? Let's give them a shout out. Um Absolutely. because now you guys are back at it and you continue your story. So who are your the you know, the the four main people in Blacktop Streetball Association who were affiliated with the, the AM one brand and its its former phase that uh, that is now partnering with you to, to build it out the way that they want to build it out based on their vision. And based on their core values. Sure. So, Wally Wally Main Event Dixon, I'm honored to be co co CEO with Wally, and bring this was his vision in the beginning, and we're actually bringing it back mm-hmm. and making it better, mm-hmm. right? And really, all of the N one players are back mm-hmm. and have supported this new effort of bringing back entertainment and street basketball to the community. So you have AO, uh, and I'm going to mention their, their, their street ball name because that's, <laughs> that's how you know people are familiar with them. Mm-hmm. So you have AO, you have Prime Objective, you have Half Man, Half Amazing, mm-hmm. you have Aircraft, you have Helicopter, Cool Keys, you have um, Skip to My Lou, The Professor, uh, high octane. You have Baby Shack, and we also have. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Seven Twenty. Cannot forget Mr. Seven Twenty. And the reason why they call him Seven Twenty is because he's the only person to ever do a Seven Twenty dunk in a basketball game. Wow, wow. And that's that's doing a three sixty twice in the air. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got hops. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine how high you have to, to get up. To right. That man's got air time. Wow. <laughs> right. Wow. So, That's amazing. You know, these gentlemen have been unbelievable as mm-hmm. far as you're right, their integrity. And you know what? They don't get the credit for having this integrity because no one knows about this story. Right. This is the reason why we're bringing out, we've been doing these different documentaries mm-hmm. to really expose the truth. Mm-hmm. And now I look mm-hmm. and you have one of the owners, <laughs> the previous owners of Van One, they have a company that is trying to rate other companies um, concerning their diversity and inclusion. So really? it's, it's very funny because. I said, wow, you know, that once the history comes out, good luck with your company. Right, <laughs> right, right. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm never there to destroy anybody or, or what they're doing. I'm only here to expose the truth mm-hmm. so that it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. It will not happen again. And that's why we started Blacktop Streetball Association so that, we can do it again, right? But do it in a way where everybody is properly compensated 
and not only properly compensated, right, but the community is involved in the general generational wealth that can mm-hmm. be gained through mm-hmm. this. That's important because these players' number one focus has always been about the community. Right. Always. There were times when they were on tour and, you know, they had an agenda or place where they wanted to go. They had to do sign sign autographs and go to Foot Locker and sign this, you know. And what they would do, they would do that, but then they will also go into the quote-unquote cases. Mm-hmm. They will pull the tour bus up into what they call the hood, mm-hmm. right? Into the, the projects. They will get out and they will walk in the projects and they will hang out with people in the projects mm-hmm. all day long, talking to them, helping them, right? Motivating them, encouraging them mm-hmm. that they can be better. And they came from the same type of environment, but look at them. Mm-hmm. That's the type of motivation and the ability to be accessible to the community mm-hmm. that the community needs is that's why we're excited about bringing it back mm-hmm. because when we bring it back we know the inspiration uh that we can bring to the community to affect the community mm-hmm. and, and make the community better mm-hmm. isn't isn't that interesting from for me from a leadership standpoint I, you know, as you're as you were expressing and sharing the story of Blacktop Streetball Association, and uh, <laughs> got a couple things to say about the, the one of the former partners of An One creating a company to uh, <laughs> provide analytics on diversity. It's in, it's imperative that you get the story right. out, right? But right. it's interesting to me from a leadership standpoint how. I wonder how many CEOs really go among their consumers, not just their employees, right? Mm. Um, in a way that is equitable in a standpoint. How do they roll their sleeves up? And I'm sure you have some out there, but just just not enough, right? So when I hear right. about this new leadership, uh, under the vision of Wiley, or Skip to Malou, if you will. Now we're talking true leadership that people are starved for, especially in the communities that these gentlemen want to see represented. This is something that a lot of organizations across all industries are missing, right? Like they're just missing right. it. They want to grow their consumer base, have deeper penetration in their target market without really even knowing or caring about the people within those areas. And people say, well, now, Gene, you're you're going across the board. And if I say, well, if you say say I'm doing that, then you're not really really paying attention. Um, But it is interesting to me that consumers and employees of organizations are now demanding more. We want to be cared about, included, and participating in those brands and products and services that we believe in because we're getting to a point to where if you are not going to support my emotional, financial, and physical well-being, 
then I don't feel so loyal to you or your brand. And I would tell you, there's some, I share this with you in the audience, there are some organizations who have taken a political and social um, viewpoint that are contrary to me and my people, and I won't buy your brand. And I even look for affiliations of your brand and avoid that too. No matter how you rebrand it, who's the parent company? And I believe that people are getting wiser now. So I'm trying to make your point of recognition that this is almost pandemic in among organizations that they're either unwilling or unaware of how to address, right? Well, here's the thing, right? Uh, one, let me start by saying this. I'm not sure if we can change everyone. However, mm-hmm. what we can do is hold people responsible mm-hmm. for their heart, mm-hmm. right? So we have a heart for the people. Mm-hmm. We all want to make money and, and be of success, right? Mm-hmm. But where is your heart? Mm-hmm. Where does your heart lie, mm-hmm. right? So, yes, I want to be... I want Blacktop to be of success. I want it to make money. I want uh, those who are participating to do well. But where is my heart? My heart is in the community mm-hmm. because I can't fake that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you either have a heart for the community or and have a heart for mm-hmm. people or you don't. That's right. Right? So now, if you don't have a heart for the community, right, then that's someone that I can't partner with because our agendas, they, they do not, they do not align up Mm -hmm. together, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's fine. If Mm -hmm. you don't have a heart for the community, that's fine. Now you can't have a heart for the community, but want the community money. Right. That's right. You have to go somewhere else where your heart is at. Mm -hmm. If your heart is somewhere else, you can't come inside of the community and want to take from the community without having a heart to mm-hmm. put back mm-hmm. and make sure the community mm-hmm. grows. Mm-hmm. And this was the problem with the first uh, owners of black, of 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 and one. Right. And even their mission is the new company. <laughs> the new company. The mission is very first is working with others to drive economic system change and advance racial justice. Wow. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. How is this your focus, your objective, your mission mm-hmm. when you had one of the most <laughs> the, the the craziest mm-hmm. right? You've done one of the, the most atrocious things to a uh to a group of black individuals, mm-hmm. people of color in the black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. You know, so what we have to do, and this is what I'm learning. And even with doing this event for August the 20th mm-hmm. in North, what I'm what I'm learning is, and I told Wally and he agreed with me, we're going to hold companies accountable. Absolutely. So now listen, when I when I walk inside, and, and that's companies big and small. Yep, absolutely. So when I walked inside, when I was in North, and I was, we're very grassroots, so I walk inside one of the, the businesses and I said, Hey, how are you doing? We're doing this event in front of city hall in Newark. It's going to be about 5,000 people there free, free for everybody. We're not charging anything community. We're giving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need you to partner. We need you to sponsor. And when an individual gave me as a response and says, 
I'm not interested. That's fine. My second question to them is, what have you sponsored or what have you done for this community mm-hmm. in the last in the last mm-hmm. year? Mm-hmm. In the last five years, mm-hmm. we we don't do that. Mm-hmm. But you okay? So you you don't give back is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Now you're on my list. You have to go. That's right. That's you right. You have to go. That's right. You've been open for 20 years. Right. You've been taken from this community for 20 years, mm-hmm. and you refuse to give back. You can't buy a T-shirt for Pop Warner. Mm-hmm. You can't help a child get a book mm-hmm. cover. I said the sponsorships is as low as twenty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. So no one has held them accountable and responsible. That's right. Why they're able to do what they're able to do. Right. But we're coming into the picture to say we're, we've had enough and we're going to stop. Right, and that's right, and that's where the, <laughs> right, right, and that's where the agitation comes in. And let me just let me just share this with you because, Mark, I believe that that's a sentiment that's felt throughout all industries. Right. Um, right. I've owned a couple of com- companies in different industries, and I've affiliated myself with organizations, both big and small, and. It's interesting how we have these sort of microaggressions or this sort of stealthy way of applying something. And, you know, you get to a point where, you know, enough is enough. Right. And when I hear you saying what the new and one is doing and we're not trying to bash the organization, we're just speaking truthfully. And you know what? If you if you can't dish it, you know, if you can't take it, then maybe you shouldn't be maybe you shouldn't be in business. But right. the idea is correct. It's almost like we want to harvest, and I'm using this this intentional language because it is still happening. It's just gotten more sophisticated. We want to harvest the talent and the labor and creativity and intellectual property and connection to community that we have always had. But we want to discard of the bodies, and I'm not trying to borrow from someone else that made a similar statement uh, about a decade ago, but we want to discard the bodies, control, contain, or tell the narrative for us. And my attitude has been in corporate America, and listen, if you're a friend of mine, you want to do business, and you know you want to claim that I'm woke, because the option is to be asleep. Um, and so I don't need anyone else telling me my narrative. I don't need anybody else speaking for me. And I believe that our alignment is that if you are not okay with that, then we, from your perspective, are not equals. And if that's your perspective, you say we're not equals, I'm sure not going to be less than. So now you put yourself in a position to where I am going to be greater than, I am going to out, because we've done it, right? And so it's this idea that if you want, now you want to talk about diversity and inclusion and we want to do this, that's great. And you and I talked about this before. Then competition is good for the American economy, right? So stop trying to, if you want to sell me product because you have a certain special in that field, that's okay. But also engage me as a human being so that we can create a win-win for your organization, for our community, because that's the brands that I am going to affiliate myself with and not just as a marketing tool, but to do the, the deep, hard work. And if we cannot do that, then sit down and be quiet and let some of us that are doing it do it, right? Get out of the way of us making our opportunity and deal with us 
in our narrative, let us be the one to tell that. I'm not asking. And I think right. that's what I hear what you guys are doing at Blacktop Street, Street Ball Association because we tried that before. And so it makes absolutely no sense to keep trying to collaborate with people wanting to embrace diversity and equality right. and inclusion just to continually get shut out the door. Yeah, you know what, man? That dog's not hunting for me. So, you know, right. bravo to right. you and your team for taking that stance and having that sort of passion, right? Because your division is, you know, let's talk about the vision of Blacktop Streetball Association because the vision is when you mention the community investing in the organization, that's exactly what you mean, right? Like a crowdfunding, getting behind right. the organization, correct? Yes. So we want the community to be a part of everything that we do. And so we're, are, we are going to community to own a piece of every single franchise. Mm -hmm. So when you say the New Jersey so-and-so is my team, that's literally your team, mm -hmm. right? There should be an opportunity for you to own what you support. That's right. And so we want to build generational wealth. We want to change the narrative in our community that mm -hmm. we we don't own anything, mm -hmm. right? Here's an opportunity for you to own something that we're all a part of, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so that we can grow together with the community. And I I just want to give shout outs to to certain brands that have been very supportive. Absolutely, go ahead. You know, uh, I want to give a shout out to IHOP, mm -hmm. who has been amazing to us. You know, and companies like that who really have a heart for the community mm -hmm. and go above and beyond, mm -hmm. you know, I have the utmost respect for. And when I say when someone partners or sponsors with Blacktop, it's not a one-day event. Mm -hmm. It's not that you're sponsoring this event. No, you have a partner. That means when we go out to eat, we're going to IHOP. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> right. If we're taking pictures, we're taking pictures with with IHOP in the background. Mm -hmm. If I'm driving past IHOP, I'm constantly promoting, right, IHOP. That's the same that we have with some of our other brands. Mm -hmm. We constantly support in every opportunity that we can think of beyond what we've agreed upon mm -hmm. as far as sponsorship, we promote because we understand how important that sponsorship is to what we're doing in mm -hmm. the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So, yeah, and yeah, absolutely. IHOP, if you're listening, folks on Fetters looking for sponsorships too. <laughs> Thank you, IHOP. <laughs> I'm going to mention them on every interview, and that's absolutely. not part of our agreement. That's just because I appreciate them. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I had to do that plug in. Let your boys at IHOP know the folks with Fetters looking for sponsorship. But uh, <laughs> I just don't want to. <laughs> laughing at myself because I don't, I don't, add, you know, this is interesting because when, and I've shared this on, on, on episodes before, and I know that the podcast community is growing and I don't know that a lot of people know this, but I was, a, I was approached to do a podcast about 10, 11 years ago um, when I was doing an interview with 
one of the pioneers of podcasting in London. And he was one of the first people that interviewed me when I was coming off NBC's The Apprentice. And so um, shout out to him. I hope he and his family are doing well in health. It took me a long time to get there because I was like, I don't think my style of conversation <laughs> is going to fit the narrative. Because even though I have a background of 10 years in the United States Air Force and a degree in finance, I've been a corporate person, there is a, a dimension of me that likes to incorporate the social and cultural aspect in what we do raw and unfiltered. And I've had enough experience in corporate America to know that you can send in your ambassador, but there are also times to go to war, right? Mm -hmm. and, and not just for myself, but I always thought, Mark, about kind of like Wiley and you guys, about that student in elementary school, um, maybe it's a kid from a Caribbean island like myself, or maybe it's a kid from Africa, maybe it's a one of my Latino brothers from someplace else uh, or any other group that has been somewhat disenfranchised. And they have a dream of going into corporate America and trying to make an impact. And I wanted to spare them, as most people of color, men and women, have tried to do over the decades. So I'm nothing special in that sense. But the comments still remain. The attitude still remains that I remember when we were suing uh, Merrill Lynch and we won that lawsuit and they said in their defense that our clientele is not inclined to do business with people of color, black people in particular. And, and I'm sitting there with most of my clients not looking like me, right? Flying in the face of Merrill Lynch's, um, the Merrill Lynch at the time, argument in a lawsuit. And so had they really dug into the fact that I speak con con conversational German, I was in Europe for six years, um, my mother and they would speak Spanish, I studied Spanish in, in college, I need to brush up on that. They would have found an asset to help them integrate and acquire more clients in a global setting back in 2007 and 2008. And so my point being that now Blacktop Streetball Association is dealing with that very thing. And what you gentlemen are doing is saying, no, we're going to own our narrative. We're going to include our community and our community is going to benefit from our efforts. And we're going to add value in the hopes that if it's not guaranteed, the value will then be returned. And we actually mean it. Right. That's right. Is that is that a fair assessment of where you guys are going? One hundred percent. Okay. One hundred percent, and we we will not stop. Mm -hmm. There, you know, in in creating a business um, or an association of this magnitude, we understand the challenges, mm -hmm. and we've we've been through worse challenges. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it. I understand. Well, and and um. We're, we're excited, you know, we're moving forward, we're pressing forward, you know, I'm grateful for the support that we've had, um, even from some of our political leaders, like mm -hmm. the uh, Ross, uh, Mayor Ross Baraka of North, um, and um, he's been a huge support uh, to Blacktop, uh, the city of North, some of the people in North, mm -hmm. um, as 
far as uh, political leaders have really really gotten behind us in, in our efforts. So I definitely want to give a shout out to them. And I, I appreciate uh, their ability to be able to look at this vision and understand what it means for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, neighborhood versus neighborhood, mm-hmm. which is the basketball tournament in Newark. Uh, they're doing amazing things as far as curving the violence uh, between the different sections of North. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. really uh, building the community up. And one way that you can do it is through sports and entertainment. You know, so we want to use sports and entertainment to bring everyone together. Mm-hmm. And while they're together, then we can provide different resources to them that they need, such as financial literacy. There you go. That's um, what I was going to ask you. you, know, you there you go. So, you know, they, you know, things that they uh, are not aware of, mm-hmm. we can expose them to that information. Right. So share with me, share with the audience what you were sharing with me, because you touched on the financial education literacy. So um, let's, let's back up one, one, just one beat and explain for the audience the difference between street ball and organized ball. Absolutely. So really it's a different sport. Mm-hmm. And so there's different rules as well um, as there's, there's a different play and a different style of, of, of basketball. Mm-hmm. So Wally said it the best. MMA and boxing are different, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we are the MMA to the NBA. Gotcha. Understand. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they, <laughs> they play in the winter. We play in the summer. Mm-hmm. They play inside. We play outside. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They're they're more um, dealing with plays. We're off the cuff. Mm-hmm. We're completely creative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They deal with score as uh, a uh, a time time score, mm-hmm. meaning that theirs is old four quarters uh, with times, mm-hmm. right? That they have to score with it. Mm-hmm. We deal with scores. Period. So game up to twenty. And then you play again, game up to 20, and then you play again. So I'll give you an example. We have four quarters. They have four quarters. However, our first quarter is not according to time. It's according to points. Mm-hmm. So game is up to 20. Whoever gets to 20 wins that quarter. Mm-hmm. If you it. play three quarters and you win, you shut the other person out. There is no fourth quarter. Gotcha. Okay. This is this is street ball. So mm-hmm. when you go and you play basketball, uh, and you go to a park and, and you play street basketball, there's no time up there. Mm-hmm. It's whoever scores to, to 12 mm-hmm. or 20 or 16. Mm-hmm. And then you can get shut out. You sweat. Mm-hmm. You're out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've seen, you know, you know, uh, four street ball balls right, over there. Right. My uncle, right. he's been having some health issues, but. He and I would go over there and watch the ballers play. He used to play before he had to have surgery, but my uncle's a huge Fourth Street baller, right? West Fourth Street there in New York. So so I get it. I understand it. I just wanted to make sure we expanded that. But you also have a bigger vision. You touched on it. So let's, you know, you touched on the financial education and literacy. So let's talk about your bigger vision. Let's talk about what you shared with me the other day about the vision of you and your team for the community. Sure. So um, I, I would tell you exactly what we're what we are running for next year. We're going to tour a minimum of 15 cities, 
uh, we're creating a platform for those uh, who, who do not have a platform. Mm-hmm. And so we're touring 15 cities looking for the next street basketball players. The talent is out there. They, they don't have a platform to be able to, to use in order to display their gifts and talent. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to pick 15 people per city to be entered into the first street basketball uh, draft, mm-hmm. which is be in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. At the draft, you have 12 franchise teams. Each team is owned and operated by one or two of the original and one players. Mm-hmm. Wow! Those players are going to pick their team from the draft and now you have the first official street basketball league. Now, when you have the first official street basketball league, you have 12 franchises. Mm-hmm. Each franchise, we're going to give a piece of that franchise, right, to the actual community of that franchise. Gotcha. So, for instance, in in North New Jersey is, is the headquarters for the New Jersey franchise. We're going to give Newark and the surrounding area, New Jersey, an opportunity to invest into that team and own a piece of that team. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but as we, we take that investment and we purchase land, right? right. We want to purchase land within our communities mm-hmm. and do the opposite of gentrification. Mm-hmm. I get it. So now we, we purchase the land. We build our own stadium, street ball stadium, conducive to street basketball. Mm-hmm. And now the members of the community who own property in that community reap the benefits of their their property value going up, mm-hmm. right? That's right. As well as the people who invested in that stadium and in that franchise are able to reap the benefits of the growth and the income that that stadium generates every single year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if you look at the small stadiums and amount of money that they generate, they're generating 50 million plus a year. That amount of money, right, going back into each one of these communities, right? How much? Right. How impactful is that, right? So when mm-hmm. wealth is entered into a community, crime goes down. That's right. It's a direct correlation mm-hmm. between the two. Mm-hmm. The more money is in a community, the less crime there is, right? And ownership. And ownership. ownership. Because now I view things different. So when you throw that piece of glass down, I say, wait, pick that up. Right. That's That's my property. That's right. I'm going to bring my property down. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know? Yes. So this is is something that, that is different that we're bringing to the communities. We're bringing ownership, generational wealth and understanding and providing that financial literacy where we're partnering with other organizations that can be a resource center, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I, and I had a talk with, with one of uh, the banks, regional managers of a bank. And he was saying, Hey, we do this, we do that. We do this for the black and brown communities. And I said, wait a minute, I still, I'm still familiar with the black and brown communities. Cause I, I go there all the time. My family's mm-hmm. there. Listen, um, and I live there. Listen, most of the times they don't feel comfortable even walking into a branch. That's right. That's true. So how are you going to address that? Right. Because I know you have programs, mm-hmm. but you have to get them to even come to the program. Uh-huh. But if but if they if they don't see a representative of themselves, right. 
or if if when they walk in they don't feel comfortable right how do you expect them to even sign up for the program right right and so now mark i've had conversations where you know and right and so that's when we have to support and look for you know financial institutions that are founded and look like us and i've had clients before when they came into you know pick a bank i've worked for or organization i've worked for and they have not been comfortable um, because of the institutionalized and systemic way our people have been treated in those institutions to giving their money there and even if we've gotten more sophisticated and marketed to and consumerized it may not be a word, but I'm, I'm going to make it one. It exists. That, right. That that uh, that somehow brand X made by ethnic group A is somehow better than brand Y made by ethnic group B plus. Right. And Correct. as opposed to looking at quality, community engagement, social and, and, and economic initiatives, not to market or expand out your base, which I understand it from a capitalistic standpoint, but true opportunity in capitalism to me is, is why not take the talent that you have and make banks within their community? Meaning don't bring your branch, meaning educate that talent because competition is good for everyone, right? That's what I've been told, right? That's right. Right? Absolutely. In America, it's supposed to be. The only time you get nervous about competition is if it's if you put the word black in front of it. <laughs> when you say historically black, say I've heard people say to me, "Well, you know, uh, what is that? You went to a historically black college and university." Well, yeah. Why is it called? Uh, why you got to call it historically black? I'm like, well, because we weren't allowed to go to Yale or Harvard at one point um, because those schools weren't meant for me at the time. So. You know, for those of us that, you know, weren't afforded that opportunity, we did what we're told to do or advised to do, which is pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, right? Right, right. So we created our own educational institutions. We never said you couldn't come. (laughs) You just didn't want to, right? And so we did the best we could with very little and created some really global icons of not only the civil rights movement, but also the uh, finance uh, sector, uh, inventors, every area of life on this planet has definitely been touched by our people, right? And so why, why, and I think there, there is what, you, what I believe that you guys are trying to do is to make a reconnection between that spirit and what's going on in our communities today because of the lack of those visions in their neighborhoods. I don't want bank blah, 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 putting a branch in my neighborhood because I know it comes from the Community Reinvestment Act. That's great. You want to invest in me? I've got the skills. I've got the talents. I can put together a network. Let me go and create my own bank. And if my community supports that bank or not, then that means I need to improve my marketing. That means I need to penetrate the market, target market better. Um, you know, I don't want to be a sharecropper. Now, I think that's right. fine that we do need to penetrate those established venerable organizations, but I think we have to do it simultaneously. That does not have to be in lieu of, right, black-owned banks or Hispanic-owned banks, right? Um, And so when I hear you talk about how you're trying to integrate within the community, everybody benefits. Every, 
everyone benefits from that mindset that I just had a conversation with a friend of mine and we talked about diversity and inclusion and global mobility and that episode's dropping dropping shortly to where we had a very frank conversation that we we just took our conversation and put it on the microphone right and so and and she's she's not black she understands the value of diversity and inclusion from a personal standpoint and from a professional standpoint and it's so simple mark that it either it's either you 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 don't get it because you can't meaning you you cannot conceptualize you've got some learning disability where you don't understand it or because you won't and that's because you will not do it because you don't want to do it um you do not want that equality you do not want that competition right and it only seems to be a conflict when we want to control our own narrative that's not equality right it sounds like to me that when i hear the story of wiley and and all the gentlemen that you mentioned that they tried that right they they tried that when they when they when they built n1 right Right. and that didn't work out and you know what god bless those brothers for not giving in and giving out and the resiliency that each one of these gentlemen are showing to say you know what that's okay I'm going to dust myself off and we're going to do this again. That speaks to our ancestors in a way that, that really gives me the chill, right? Is that a fair assessment? doesn't mean there's not hard times, but you guys are out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Trying to change the lives of other people. Absolutely. And, you know, we will not stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We will not stop until we are where we're supposed to be. Right. Right. And so the NBA and let me just put that out there. They are not our competitors. Right. <laughs> we right. have two different seasons, two different times. Mm-hmm. They're not our competitors. Mm-hmm. I'm only comparing them because what was told to me was that it was impossible to build what what we are building. And I said, well, who built the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who really made the NBA what it is today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is those from our community, mm-hmm. the talent from our community built the NBA. So I'm not, you know, I know they have, you know, not only NBA, but NFL and different other uh, professional mm-hmm. leagues. They've had challenges with having um, people from the black and brown communities with ownership. Right. You There's know, a reason for that. that. Is puzzling because we've built, mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. built, mm-hmm. right, off mm-hmm. of the talent, mm-hmm. the majority of it, mm-hmm. that those organizations. Mm-hmm. So now, if they are not allowing us ownership, mm-hmm. then we should have our own ownership. That's correct. And I, that's correct. And you, we are competing. I, was, I will push back on this one a bit, Mark. But we are competing... You are competing with the NBA as we're competing with most professional sports outlets because of merchandising and because of, you know, a lot of the merchandise that comes through and because of talent acquisition, and that's okay. But there's a, I'm gonna, I would share this with you, and I don't, I don't share this with most people, but once people have met with me and sat down with me in purpose, they always ask me what sport I played, right? Did I play basketball, which I did. Uh, did I play 
football, which I did, and did martial arts and all this. But when it comes to supporting, because of the lack of ownership in most professional sports, I don't attend games. I don't watch them on television. I will not do pay-per-view. And I didn't realize it wasn't an act of intentional protest um, because there are some players that I like. Some of it is just my personal makeup. I don't like to be a spectator. I like to be active. But then when you add in this idea of ownership and where people like players, and I, you know, I come from the, the quote-unquote great state of Texas where football is everything, and when you're looking as you're getting older and go, wait a minute, it's great that I'm sitting here watching this game and I'm giving you my money to go to the stadium, I'm paying for parking, and, and I'm doing this, and maybe some of the vendors of color might get the money, where's the ownership? And I believe that more and more people are becoming like me, where I'm not going to support and I, I listen, I, I, I put my money where my mouth is. I am as best I can. But I do not, I do not watch professional football. I do not watch basketball. I can't tell you who's doing what, when, and there. And I don't watch baseball. I am now very intentional in where my dollars go because I want to know, are you supporting a diverse initiative? Do you have a sentiment for people of different ethnicities bottom, from a sincere standpoint? Because if not, all I'm doing now is giving you money to continue to influence government policies and institutional and systemic, term I'm looking for, institutional and systemic processes that are negative, not just to me, but to my community. I will not participate in that. If you are a company that invest in privatized prisons when I know that the majority of people that are sitting in, in jail look like me I'm not going to give you my money if you right. have a different agenda for a certain party and you make comments that to you black lives don't matter I'm like hey that's okay I'm not going to shop at your location if you do not support veterans and veterans causes um, then you know especially veterans and veterans causes then I'm like I have a very hard time term I'm looking for. Visiting your establishment is a different way of saying that, right? And so I believe that what you guys are doing is very important. Because you want to involve and engage the community and because you want to be able to have equity of ownership and because you're trying to build up the social and economic status of the people of where we live, work, play, and eat, that's someone that I want to invest my money into. Other groups do it. What makes us different, right? Correct, correct. And we're able, right, we're able to build a league just as big as the NBA. Agreed. And I would say even bigger. I agree. Because one I of the agree. biggest hallmarks of what you guys are trying to do is is always being inclusive. Isn't it interesting from a political standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, from a product standpoint, that it always boils down to the black community? Absolutely. And so how... Pacemakers. Isn't that <laughs> pacemakers? Isn't that something, right? And I find, and I'll generalize here, I'll find as a whole, you know, I think that dynamic may be changing, but as a whole, that we are some of the most inclusive people on the planet. We do believe in it takes a village. And that sounds like to me what you're trying to, what you guys not trying, what you guys are doing is that you are creating a village whereby everyone gets a seat at the table. Is, is that a fair assessment? Correct. Yes, it is. You know, in our organization, um, we have, and I have to say this, we are going to have the first woman
woman con- commissioner, a uh, woman of color. Her name is Linda Hicks. She is an amazing woman. She's the first woman to play at the Rucker basketball court wow. Um, wow. in the league. And she is our commissioner. She is absolutely amazing. And I really do appreciate all the time, energy, um, and the resources that she has brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at our, our organization, it's really a picture of what America should be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have every type of individual in our organization, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's it's, it's not that we are, you know, just trying to stick to people in our neighborhood or, mm-hmm. or people of color, whatever mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. We have everybody that's involved, mm-hmm. white, black, Hispanic, mm-hmm. you name it. They're in our organization and they're in leadership, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Difference. Each and every one of them has a heart for the community mm-hmm. and for people. Mm-hmm. Because if I have a heart for a person, right, then it doesn't matter what they look like. That's if correct. they're in need, I'm going to help, help them, them, right? That's right. That's it's correct. a good Samaritan, right? right? If, I, if I'm walking by... I don't care if it's a different, if it's a person of a different color, ethnicity, gender, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they're in need as a human being to Mm -hmm. another human being, I'm going to help them. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's what we stand for. Mm -hmm. That's what we stand for. And that's something that Folks Unfettered wants to get behind because that's my mindset as well. We want to be truth tellers. We want to positively impact the lives of other people. And so... As you guys are going along this journey, uh, and you and I have talked about this offline, and we're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm going to commit myself to this, is that I want to be the voice of this movement, and I want to be able to participate in it, 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 your agenda, your your organization's value base, and, and, and folks, we've, Mark and I have had this conversation offline, so to he and I, this is nothing new. I'm just repeating something we talked about, because I also want to let you know the audience how important you are to folks unfettered but also to conversations like this these inclusive conversations that we're having anyway if you a lot of you are if you're friends of mine if you've seen me on social media we're having these conversations anyway and i know a lot of you want to plug in and find out what can i do how can i help uh, and how can I participate in making my world a better place? And it boils down to you, the individual, to connecting with some of the guests that we have on this program. Because if you hear the last episodes and our continuing episodes of conversations that we are having with people from all different backgrounds, from venture capitalist investors to people that work defense contractors to community active working with children, uh, global mobility consultants to performer professional NBA players. And now with Mark Bullock and Blacktop Streetball Association, we're looking to create a village and folks unfettered the entire podcast, why it was created was to be the platform by which all village members or village residents have a say-so. And so Mark in that, What's been the feedback from the community and how can people connect with you 
And as far as sponsors are concerned, how can sponsors connect with you in order to affiliate themselves with what you with what you're doing? Um, yes, uh, I, I will. I will address the first question. I believe is you know how is the community responding? We receive emails through Instagram. Our Instagram is Blacktop Streetball. So you put at Blacktop Streetball, you can see our Instagram, and everyone is responding. Is this true? Are you guys really coming back? We did a video at one of the basketball courts in North. We started the video off, and by the time the video was over, we had people from all over just stopping, wanting the autographs. Uh, wanted to be in the video, so the reception is just is just amazing. The response is amazing from the community. This is something that they want. Now, if you would like to reach us, you can reach me at nine zero eight four one four eighty seven thirty seven. That's nine zero eight four one four eighty seven thirty seven, or you can email me at mark at btsba.com btsba.com and or you can reach me on instagram at blacktop streetball on linkedin at blacktop streetball or my personal page on linkedin mark mr idea bullock okay that's amazing and so as is there anything that you would like to share with the audience as we come to a close on this episode. And I, I, I really do appreciate your time today. I wanted to take a little bit more time with you because the story is so big and so impactful. Right. And and you have this event coming up August 20th. Uh, give us a location on where that's going to be and how people can find information out about that. So sure. That, you So we can get more participants. Sure. You could actually go on Eventbrite, and it's a free ticket. Um, however, we're asking everyone to register. I believe there's a few premium seats available uh, that they're doing as far as prize and, you know, being able to win those premium seats. But it's located at 920 Broad Street, North New Jersey, in front of City Hall, uh, New Jersey. That's 920 Broad Street, North New Jersey in front of city hall it will it will run from 11 a.m to 6 p.m at night on august the 20th okay so please please come out it's free it's absolutely free everything inside is free and you could just come and just register uh as you enter uh the the few blocks that we have black golf is about about five blocks that's awesome and so mark i just want to i just want to say thank you man for your time today and being able to share the story of Blacktop Streetball Association and informing our audience of who you are, your vision, your initiative. I would love to have you back on the program as we get closer and closer to the event. And I just encourage you, the audience, I'm encouraging you to really consider the importance of what Mark and his team are looking to do. Is there any uh, parting words or wisdom or advice that you want to share with our listeners? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, first of all, thank you for allowing me on this show. And I, I really did have a great time. We just have a, um, we have an amazing synergy between each other. I feel like I've known you for 
for 10 years plus. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, thank you for everybody for, you know, listening. And if, if you would like to sponsor or become a sponsor of Blacktop, feel free to reach out to me. We, we, we look for people that we can partner with for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And so we have a promise and are committed to all of our sponsors that we give 120% to everything that we do. And if we was able to take the brand and one to that level, we can definitely take every other sponsor to the same level. And, um, you know, we appreciate, you know, the time and consideration. So thank you all. Thanks. And last thing, shout out to God, my savior, everything that I talk about and everything I do, is because of him. And I want to thank God for this opportunity uh, for Jesus for being in my life. So with that said, thank you so much. Folks, there you have it. We are uh, concluding this episode of Folks Unfettered. Mark, thank you so much for being on the program. We're going to follow you along this journey, and um, we're just going to continue our friendship in trying to do the best we can for the people. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a blessing to myself, what I've learned, uh, and to our audience. And we'd love to have you come back. Thank you.